Welcome to the Wicked Good Momcast, a podcast for Boston moms by Boston moms, a space to hear stories from real moms, to celebrate the beauty of motherhood, and to normalize its challenges. Tune in while you fold laundry, commute to work or school, or get cozy after a long day in the trenches. Motherhood is hard, but it doesn't have to be lonely. You are a Wicked Good Mom. And now, here are your Wicked Good Momcast hosts, Megan and Shannon. In this first episode of the Wicked Good Momcast, we're happy to talk with one of our own senior contributing writers, Leah Lynch. Leah is a North Attleboro mom of three and a longtime member of the Boston Moms team, as she's been writing with us for nearly five years. In this episode, Leah is going to talk about the importance and lack of a mom village. This is a great, encouraging conversation that you do not want to miss. Hi, Boston moms. Welcome to our first ever episode of the Wicked Good Momcast. This is exciting. This is so exciting. I cannot believe we're finally here after months of planning, and I'm so glad that Leah is joining us for this one. Hi, Leah. Hi, it's really good to be here. Leah, I wonder if you could introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are. Okay, um, I've been writing for Boston Moms for almost five years now. And I'm a stay-at-home mom to three kids, a boy, girl, boy. So that's 10, 8, and 4. I've lived in the greater Boston area my whole life, with the exception of four years when my husband and I moved to North Carolina. Um, But we quickly realized that we missed New England and uh, moved back to Massachusetts to be closer to our family. I've known Leah for my entire time with Boston Moms, so the full five years, and she has quickly become a very strong voice on our team with many of her posts uh, doing exceptionally well on social media and on bostonmoms.com. She recently wrote a post called A Mom with No Mom Tribe, which actually went semi-viral here because we found that many moms related, that many moms felt like they too didn't have a mom tribe that they could call on as their village. Leah, what inspired you to write this piece? Honestly, social media. So I had a few situations where I was seeing moms get together for like a mom's night out and I was left out. Um, So these were definitely moms that like, I thought I probably would have gotten an invite to this mom, mom's night out. And then you see them posted on Facebook. Um, So being left out, seeing that I was left out. um, And it wasn't so much that it was being left out of a, a specific group that really stung for me. It was more like realizing I was being left out of an experience or longing for that companionship that I saw that they were all having. So in this article, I do talk a little bit that I had a lack of friends as a child or a teenager. And I think that kind of comes back to why I wrote this article. So I had very strict parents growing up and I had a very toxic childhood relationship with a best friend. And this was the really only friend I had as a young child into like my preteen years. And I think that as an adult now, I can look back and realize how toxic that um, childhood friendship was and how much time I spent with her. And it caused me not to cultivate other relationships. So as I got into my high school years, I was dealing with parents that were going through divorce. Um, I didn't really have any friends that were super close. I had my sister's. And I kind of let this toxic friendship I had dissolve, which was leaving me in a place where I didn't really have anybody I was super close to. So I feel like 
all those situations kind of just bled into my adult life. I didn't go to college, so I didn't have like that college experience. I met my husband when I was 21 and uh, and we moved away together. And now I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm navigating a p- pandemic. I'm feeling isolated, you know, and I often feel kind of socially awkward. I I think it's partly because I'm a blunt person. And I don't sugarcoat things. And, you know, we all think about times that we've met a mom and you were like, ooh, I wish I kind of hadn't said that. And I often wonder now if it's just like I'm turning other moms off. You know, it's like second guessing yourself. So I think for one reason or another, I just really haven't connected with any moms on like a real, real personal level. And I just haven't really found that mom tribe that clicks for me. And that's kind of where this article came from. Well, in this article, it resonated with a lot of moms, as Megan referenced, um, and it actually was Boston Moms' eighth most most clicked on post for last year. Were you expecting that kind of response? Uh, honestly, I really wasn't. I guess anytime you write and put something out there in the world, you really don't know what to expect. I mean, there's certain yeah. things I've written that I'm like, oh, this is everybody's going to relate to this. And it's like, womp, womp. <laughs> um but I didn't really expect you to have this response, and I'm I'm thrilled it was reaching that many people. You know, in fact, I wrote this, and then I sat on it for like four months and wouldn't publish it or submit it. And I think I was just a little afraid of being that vulnerable um, in a post, and I didn't want to do it anonymously. I wanted to attach my name to it. So when I was struggling with it, I sent it to my sister to read. Um, and kind of get her opinion on it. And she was like, this is sad. I don't know. I think you should adjust this and make it happier. And I was like, okay. So it just made me wait longer and kind of second guess myself about it. I think finally, because I had a deadline coming up and I wanted to submit it. And I also came to this realization that if I'm feeling vulnerable about it, it probably means other moms are too. And that's why it needs to be said. And if I do it anonymously, I'm going to regret it. I want to put my name on it and be like, this is who I am. This is what I'm struggling with. I'm not sure what I want or what I need out of other moms. Um, so it, it kind of came from there. And the responses I've gone back after it published have just been amazing. I mean, not just um, friends and family have like texted me and sent me personal messages on my personal page, but like I've had Boston Moms readers reach out to me and like find me on social media mm-hmm. and send me messages. And that is so much fun. I love it when people do that because <laughs> I can interact with them and encourage them. And uh, I just love hearing people be like, yeah, I'm feeling the same way, too. Kind of here's my story and here's what's going on with me. And I, it might just be one quick exchange we have, but um, I feel like I can really encourage people on their personal level when they reach out like that. So. It's just been a blessing to to write something that's resonated with people. And um, I'm just really blessed that people have commented and had such a good response to it. Yeah, absolutely. And we always say, you know, whenever we're thinking about what to write for BostonMoms.com, we think like, what does a mom need to read? What does she need to hear? And how does how can we make her feel less alone? So I love the fact that you sort of allude to the fact that you were nervous to publish this, but then realized you know, if I am feeling really emotional about this, there's got to be a mom out there who also feels similarly. Similarly, So for any of our listeners who haven't yet read this piece, could you read an excerpt for us? Sure, I'd love to. So, so I wrote, 
I've always felt just a little bit outside the social circle. As a kid in high school and beyond, I would occasionally be invited to the party, but never the sleepover. But it never really mattered to me back then. I had two sisters, a few close friends, and I felt felt fulfilled with the people in my life. And that is basically how I feel now, too. I'm invited to the playdates, but not the girls' night out. But now, as an adult, as a mother, I'm wanting more. I wistfully look at those social media and see these amazing group of girlfriends who are still so close after 20 years of friendship. They have experienced so much life together, have so much history. They do weekend trips together and have girls' night out often. Their families vacation together. I see them support, love, and admire each other. It's beautiful, and I truly love seeing it. And I want all of that, too. Is it too late? Did I miss my chance? I think that's so powerful. I was actually saying to Megan last week, I love those conversations with other moms where you think you're alone in the world going through a struggle, and then you finally confess it, and their response is same. Mm -hmm. And you're finally, like, you're connected, and you realize, oh, I'm not alone. Like, you know, someone else understands where I'm at. Um, But I wanted to ask you, have you thought more about those two questions that you posed? Because I know you wrote this last year, so a year later, Is it too late? Did I miss my chance? And do you feel like you've reached an answer to those questions? So I will say I've done quite a bit of pandemic forced (laughs) self-reflection since (laughs) writing this. And do I think it's too late? No. Did I miss my chance? No. However, I've been really reflecting about what gives me energy. Mm -hmm. So I would describe myself as an extroverted introvert. So I like being social with people. I want to be social with people. I enjoy being social with people. However, it doesn't give me energy. It mm-hmm. it makes me emotionally and physically exhausted to spend time with people other than my husband. So now I'm like reconsidering if I want like this severe mom tribe that I see. Or do I just want, like, girlfriend relationships? You know, and a few nights ago, just three nights ago, um, I went out with a bunch of amazing moms. We just met met for drinks after a PTO meeting. And I really noted afterwards when I got home and I said to my husband that, like, wow, I'm not feeling as drained as I typically did. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't jumping off the walls with energy, but I, I had energy I was in a good mood. I felt happy and peaceful and calm. So like maybe that's my village starting to form. <laughs> like I'm hopeful it could be, you know, it gave it gave me a good feeling after hanging out with these moms. And I thought, you know, this could be step one. Absolutely. It is not too late. <laughs> yeah. I want to segue a little bit because Shannon, you recently wrote an article for Boston Moms as well called I Don't Know You, But I Will Be Your Village. And I want you to talk a little bit about that and how it all relates here. Yeah, so that article, um, it's definitely something that I've had to learn over the course of being a mom now for six years. Um, And I feel like that article wasn't as much about the relationship aspect Mm -hmm. of having a village. It was more about like the help that Mm -hmm. you get from a village. Um, 
So in it, I basically commit to other moms, other parents, that if I see you struggling out in public, I am going to help you. I'm mm-hmm. not going to let you struggle because we've all been there. Um, so if I see you trying to do matrix moves to get your stroller in a door, I'm going to hold the door open for you. Like I'm not going to turn a blind eye to that. Um, so I just kind of go through different ways that I have experienced help and that I'm willing to help other parents as I see the need. Um, I was thinking about, gosh, last summer, my kids were doing a sports camp and you had to have a mask in order to go inside. And I think one of the moms didn't realize that her three-year-old needed to have a mask too, and she didn't bring one. So she was about to have to leave with her disappointed three-year-old So and he wasn't going to get to do the class. But I had extra masks in my backpack. They were in the car. So I just told her, I said, if you will watch my three-year-old, I will gladly run out to my car, get your kid a mask and he can stay. Mm-hmm. And she was so grateful and thankful. But for me, like, why wouldn't I do that? It wasn't right. that much of an inconvenience for me. So I think it's just about opening our eyes to opportunities that we can be there for other moms because this is hard <laughs> and we we all need um, a helping hand or that village. Yeah, absolutely. And, and an interesting question with all that is what does define a mom village? Like, what does it look like? So for me, in seeing these two different points of view, honestly, I think the opportunity to be somebody's village to, you know, to help a mom when she's trying to get through the door or her kid like forgot their mask or whatever, that kind of opens a door to a possible real friendship as well. So it's like showing like I am willing to make sure that you are okay as a mom because I have been there too. And like we can all scratch each other's backs, but also it opens a door to having like a true and deep friendship. If you're able to help somebody that can be like a catalyst for something that's more, um, I'd love it. So I think like sort of conversationally, it'd be interesting to hear what each of us thinks defines a mom village. Should I go first? (laughs) I'll go first. Okay. So for me, when I think about a village, it really is the person I'm going to call when my entire family has a stomach bug and I need Gatorade. Or actually, probably more truthfully the person who's going to bring me Gatorade before I ask like that is like that is like the gift of all gifts like that could be a sibling that could be a neighbor it could be a friend but like when you have people like that in your life who are who like wake up thinking about you or think about how they could help you in that day that's what I would think of villages and that's what I try to be for for people in my life yeah yeah I think for me um Village has become a more fluid word for me mm-hmm. in my life because just a little background, um, my family, we moved here from out of state four years ago. So before we moved, when we lived um, in the same state with family, I would have told you right away, like my family is my village mm-hmm. and they were our free babysitters and they you know, came over and spent time with us and poured into our kids. And then uh, when we moved, I remember... I was six months pregnant and I had a two-year-old and I remember knowing that I needed mom friends. Like Mm -hmm. before we even moved, I knew that it wasn't like a want, it was a need and it felt like survival. (laughs) Um, And so sure enough, 
I joined like multiple mom groups and that's that's very outside of my personality like I'm very introverted by nature and it was it took like Leah said it took a lot of energy to put myself out there um, and to be meeting all these people um, but I will say four years later two of those ladies are my very best friends in the world not just in the state and um, <laughs> I still am connected to many of the people that I met during that time. Um, and what ended up happening for me, I just knew, like you just know sometimes, I knew my son was going to come early. And I knew <laughs> that my mom's flight was, whatever we planned it, I knew it wasn't gonna be right. And so that was like, I think part of my feeling like, just to survive, I have to find people here because who am I gonna leave my toddler with while I go have a baby? <laughs> So sure enough, go to uh, my like 38 week appointment and they're like, surprise, go straight to the hospital, call your husband to meet you there. You're having a baby today. And so I go like I sit in my car in the parking lot. And of course, like I sobbed because it's 38 weeks pregnant. Um, <laughs> and I remember thinking like, who who's going to watch my daughter? Like, who am I going to call? And I ended up texting um my now two best friends but at the time they had only known me like two months and I said you know I feel so bad about this but I I have no other options is there any one of you that could watch her until my mom can get here and uh, of course one of them said yes and you know she can stay the night and whatever and man that was just that's probably the biggest way that someone has shown up for me um but anyway, all of that yeah. to say, village has become a very fluid term for me, and I feel like it hits me different in different seasons of life. But for now, I'm with you, Megan. It's those best friends who I know they're going to be there for me, whether they've known me four years or two months. Yeah, I almost think it's like a village of necessity. So, yeah. I mean, my best friend in the entire world is was we were sort of like thrown together on a best friend blind date when both of our husbands were in the Navy. And I was looking for somebody, I was looking for a partner, honestly, and she was looking for a partner. And it just so happened that we were in the same place at the same time and we clicked. And she's my, she now lives states and states away. And she's my send me Gatorade friend. Like, yeah. so it's like the village of necessity. And I think that, I mean, maybe Leah, you can comment on this, but I think almost as our, our kids get older and we need that village of necessity in a different way but then we also think like i almost feel like once we're out of the fog of like little little kids mm. then we realize we have like as women there's like a village of necessity we need we need like girlfriend time and somebody to talk to about like marital stuff and like women's issues and like trying to navigate through like i don't know like <laughs> you know health stuff in your 30s and 40s um and I wonder if maybe, Leah, that's sort of where you're leaning into, where you think, like, the village of necessity is now almost, like, as a woman, not just in the Gatorade friend. Yeah, I think it's both. I do have family local, so yeah. I I do feel like I have that. But I do have, like, a, a couple neighbors that are really good friends. And I know mm -hmm. if, like, if any of us, I mean, especially during the pandemic, when, like, somebody was in quarantine, it's like, hey, I'm going to Target. Do you need anything right. at the grocery store? Like, those people, you know, I definitely have those people in my back pocket. I feel like it is, it has adjusted. I mean, so my, my oldest is 10, almost 11. And 
My youngest is four. And I would say I'm I'm coming out of the fog. I will definitely in September when he goes to kindergarten <laughs> be out of the fog of like that really intense where it's physical, emotional. Mm-hmm. I just want to say to the parents that have teenagers, please don't burst my bubble yet. <laughs> like, I just hope I'm in this good little spot, you know, where they're getting a little more independent and I can start looking at me and thinking about what I need to like feed my soul Mm -hmm. and what's, you know, what I want to give to other people. Like, I feel like I have regrets over the last 10 years about how I didn't show up for people. But then listening to um, Shannon talk about like just showing up for people like the strangers. Mm -hmm. And I realized that that's something I've done all along Mm -hmm. and not just like sometimes just like the physicality, like holding a door like being nice or, you know, oh, watch your kid while your other kids go and pee in the potty or whatever like that. Um, but just I'm also somebody that if I see a mom struggling or a mom really killing it, um, especially in the disabled world, because I have a disabled child, mm-hmm. that I can really look at those moms and I will look at them dead in the eyes and say, your your kids are so important you're doing a wicked good job raising them, you know, and you're an amazing mom and just keep pushing through this. Like, I really am one of those people that want to encourage people on a very like punch you in the heart type of way. (laughs) Um, And I don't know why. I don't know why, like I've decided to leave nothing unsaid, you know, when it comes to that type of stuff. But I'll just bump into moms in random places that, you know, tell me stories that they're a single mom or that they're um, a just newly sober mom or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those are the people I can really very personally encourage. And, you know, it means so much to people if you can look them really in the eyes and be like, you're just so amazing. Like, I just met you, but you're killing it. And I know it. And, you know, so... I think I show up for people that way in a village, you know, and kind of when I think about myself, what I'm looking for now, yeah, it is like, let's meet up for a coffee or a drink or lunch or something um, if we can. When I think about the bigger picture and what I wrote about, what I was longing for, where it was talking about, you know, vacationing, I think Mm -hmm. I've realized I don't want to vacation with other families <laughs> as, as I'm going to Grateful Lodge tomorrow with another family for one night. But like, I don't, yes, like, I don't think I will ever be maybe next level vacationing or at least not with anybody I see in my life right now. Yeah. And that's nothing against them. That's just like me and where our family is at and what we need, you know, our space or whatever. Um, but, you know, Moms are amazing. And I just love how we, as a community, you're just like that built in support, like just that look of just like, I've been there, I've done that, keep going. It's like that all you need sometimes to get through. 100%. Testify to your gift of encouragement. Um, (laughs) I've never gotten to say this to you, but so when I accepted the role of social media manager, Megan announced it like the night before our Boston moms team had headshots and due to the pandemic, we haven't gotten to be together a lot, Mm -hmm. which is crazy because we all love each other so much. Um, (laughs) So we were all very excited to be together and I walk in the room and Leah, you were the first person 
you grabbed my eyes, like you grabbed my eye contact and you congratulated me immediately on this new social media role for me. And you talked to me about it. And I kind of told you, you know, where I was a little nervous and, but you encouraged me. You were like, you're going to kill it. And then you keep encouraging me. Like you keep telling me like, you're killing it. You're doing good. And that means so much. I can't tell you how many times I've recalled that encounter, like when we were in person and I mean, Amy, I had barely walked in the door and you're congratulating me. And so I just want to like, thank you for that. But then also encourage other moms. Like it really, your words do matter. And in that moment, I mean, I may have looked stunned. I don't know what my (laughs) was in the moment, but it, it's something that like planted in my heart and it's encouraged me not just in that moment, but on I don't think you heard me at first when I said it. So I was like, <laughs> Shannon, like across her. You got my attention. Yeah. Yes. And then I got like, probably like beat right in the face because everyone <laughs> looked at me and I was like, oh. <laughs> we announced but, on the loudspeaker. No, yeah. I mean, honestly, Leah, so Leah, I have a very similar story. Leah did this for me as well. Like when I took ownership of Boston Moms, it was something that was like a really major move for me and something I felt um, really like it was the right thing to do. But I was nervous and we were <laughs> heading into a pandemic and there was a lot of unknown and Leah you actually sent me a text message that I saved because it was <laughs> I needed to to continually like refer to it to kind of give myself a pat on the back that like this is the right choice it's the right choice for me for my family for my team and we're going to do big things together and so um you know whether you know it or not I guess you're making a really big impact and you are somebody's village <laughs> that's good to hear like it's good to hear that back yeah I mean I usually send stuff like that out to the world like because it just needs to be said and I want to say it it's on my brain so sometimes sometimes it seems like afterwards I'm like oh that was probably like a little (laughs) too much a little strong but if I feel something passionately right away especially about another mom especially another woman I'm like here it is this is what you need to hear and that's that's amazing to hear that you would save a text like that, Megan. I mean, <laughs> and that means the world to me, and it encourages me to keep doing that, to not change that about my personality, to not right. like filter myself when I want to encourage somebody. You know, that's great. So, let me ask this: Do we think that having a mom village is really a necessity, or is it something that society kind of makes us think that we need? Oh, I have major feelings on this one. Okay. I think it's absolutely a necessity. Like, mm-hmm. and it can look different for everybody. Like, truly. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be other mothers, but it has to be other people that you can call on. And I, so, <laughs> I've done a fair amount of reading on this um, because I just feel like, I always say moms will change the world. But if you look back, like, culturally and historically, you know, we weren't meant to parent alone. You know, like, in in the human history, Mm -hmm. most people, or, you know, early humans even, they were doing this in groups. And they were doing it with their extended family. And in some cultures, extended families still live together. So you have built in, in your home, childcare. And as our society has evolved, that's become less and less the case. I mean... Many of us, like Shannon, don't even live, you know, they live a a country away from their families um, out of necessity for jobs or, you know, life circumstance or whatever. Um, And so I think just like the human experience isn't meant to be lived alone. And when we, as we saw, honestly, in the last two years where we're incredibly isolated as moms, I really believe that mothers took the brunt of that because we do need 
outlets. We need things that are our own. We need a, a mom village of friends or a gym class or even like just like going to a PTO meeting. But you also need people that you can call on, those Gatorade friends or people if you're headed to the hospital or, or like your life goes completely upside down. And um, it's not built in anymore. So it has to be something that we're pretty intentional about. And I think personally, like in the last two years, I had a lot of like personal turmoil in my life. And people, the people that showed up for me, some of them honestly surprised me. Like some people who I would have, hmm. I wouldn't have, like I love them and I, you know, they're in my life for a reason, but I wouldn't have said that person is going to be the one who like picks me off off the ground or that person is going to be the one who sends me the two o'clock in the morning text message because they know I'm awake or, you know, like, and those people showing up for me, most of them actually don't live locally, <laughs> but they still found a way to show up for me. And so I had been like slowly building a village of mostly women uh, in New England and across the country, honestly, through my work that really swooped in and in a lot of ways probably saved me over the last two years. And I don't even know what I would have done if I hadn't been purposeful about those relationships before my life went upside down. And that's like super vague, but. <laughs> It really, it's um, it's amazing, and they, I will someday be able to like eloquently thank each person who and two who are on this call, honestly, who really lifted me up in a time that I was really, really down. And people even closest to me, my family, they couldn't really understand because they weren't a woman and they weren't in this like in a shared experience. Um, so I definitely think that it's something that we all need. It's something we need to be cognizant of and try to build ourselves. Um, and I think, honestly, society does a disservice by not talking about it enough. Hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that sentiment that we need some type of support network, whatever you want to call it, a village, a tribe. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think just reflecting on this conversation, you know, I think I've always thought that I needed these like friends outside my family. But mm -hmm. when I really break it down, I have two sisters I'm incredibly close to. We all have um, children the same age and my sisters are my mom tribe more than anything yeah. else. Like they're and they were built in for me, you know, yeah. but we were all girl teenagers together, like <laughs> horrible. Like if you, I'm sorry for those of you that have three daughters, it's going to be rough. But now we're so close and it's just so like, I think in a lot of ways that, you know, I think about you, Shannon, that story you you told about moving away from your family and knowing that like you had to advocate for yourself. You had to find this mom tribe. Like I really am in awe of that. Like I know I would have done it too if I had to. Mm -hmm. I'm just, but I'm grateful that I didn't necessarily had to because I do have a built in tribe with my sisters for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. When Megan was describing a village, um, it made me think, so I've been able to visit some countries over the last decade, and one of my favorite things is, of course, there's always these cute little chubby babies, and I never, ever, ever know who their mom is because mm -hmm. they're constantly being passed around, and they're being played with, and they're being fed and changed by, like, 20 other moms, and mm -hmm. I just, it's always such a beautiful picture to me, um, and I feel like that's kind of how my friends and I are now like we were at the park a couple weeks ago and I looked around 
none of us were playing with our own kid. I was swinging one friend's kid. Uh, someone was helping my kid on the slide. Someone else was getting the other kid a snack from like not even their diaper bag. Um, <laughs> or, I mean, we give each other snacks from our own diaper bags. And so I just think that's so it's special. That connection is encouraging. Um, and yeah, I definitely, I don't think that we were meant to do motherhood alone. And Megan, I agree with you. I think the pandemic showed us what that would look like. And I don't know, that was, that was really hard. And I'm really grateful that we can kind of be back with our people now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I sometimes think so. My best friend, um, (laughs) we always say that even if we are, so if we're together with our children, which doesn't happen often because now we're states away, but this is actually with any of my mom friends, it almost feels like a break to parent their children while they parent yours. <laughs> like if you have similar parenting philosophies, it's like, it's a re- very special thing, but it really does feel like a break. Like I would rather be like to tell my godson to, you know, get off, not stand on the couch than have to tell my child for the fifth time, you know? <laughs> so it does yeah, like change feel- it up a little bit. <laughs> It does feel like a little bit of a break there. And I do think that parenthood is meant to be shared in some ways. And honestly, the idea of having people you can call on and people who can, whether they're your family, like your sisters and your nieces and nephews or your chosen family, your friends, um, it's good for our kids, too, for them to have different um, different people sort of like guiding them through life and different uh, perspectives on, you know, what is OK in that home and what's not OK and different rules. Uh, So I think like opening up and letting our kids have those experiences is really important too. Yes. So I would love to start with a, or to continue on here with another question. Leah, what tips or advice or encouragement would you offer to a mom who's feeling like she wants to build a mom village? I guess I would just say, put yourself out there, but put yourself out there in person. Mm -hmm. So, when I did publish that article, there was some lovely women um, that inboxed me saying, be a part of our Facebook mom group. We'd love to have mm-hmm. you. And I didn't re- really respond to them because it's like, that's not what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I need that in-person connection. So just talk to everybody. I remember I used to have such a hang up on the playgrounds. Like I said to my dad, who's like, super outgoing. My dad's a minister. He talks to everybody, he likes everybody. And I said, I just don't know how to start conversations with people. Like, what do you say? <laughs> and I was at a like a playground. He's like, well, whenever I just like randomly and near people, I ask them what town they're from. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> like, so now it's like, you know, you're at a playground, you're there. It's only like a three, three of you moms and you're chasing your kids. Like, that's the first thing I ask moms like oh what town are you from I mean you're at a local playground it's gonna be like one of four towns right and like that just starts a conversation how old are your kids and then it just goes from there and then I often am like well are you on Facebook I'd love to connect with you and Mm -hmm. then sometimes those things just fizzle or you just stay connected kind of through social media and you can just encourage them through social media Um, and sometimes you know I've met some really good friends that I've met up with again, because our kids got along great and, you know, it was just everything clicked. Um, so that, I guess that would be my advice is that to actually like get out of your comfort zone and, and talk to people like, yes, I joined my PTO on my son's preschool. Like never, (laughs) never did I ever think I'd ever join a PTO, but I wanted connections with moms with Mm -hmm. children of the same age. Mm -hmm. 
So you got to put yourself out there. Shannon, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I would say it starts with showing up um, mm-hmm. and not from behind the computer. I think that can be really easy to do. Like, you know, there's Facebook mom groups and those are great. Like, I mean, I have reaped the benefits of those groups as well, but it's not the same as in-person connection for you. And like you said, Megan, for your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say show up and and maybe that looks like helping another mom you see struggling, or maybe that looks like going to a new mom's group or the PTO. Um, and I would also say when you show up, it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's okay to be scared and it's yep. okay to be vulnerable. Um, you can show up tired. None of us are rested. You can show up <laughs> unshowered. Like we're all either wearing baseball hats or we've just done dry shampoo. So like, <laughs> just show up how you are and who you are and know that it's okay. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. I, um, I mean, I feel like we're kind of all on the same page with just saying you just have to show up. So I'm going to do a shameless plug. <laughs> And that is, so Boston Moms, we want to be with other moms and we want to bring moms out into the community and together. And so we're going to actually offer opportunities for moms to sort of, I'm going to call it network because I have my business hat on, but really just to get together over the summertime, we'll have our Wicked Good Playdate series. And so there'll be uh, several opportunities for moms to get out into the community and meet other moms uh, with the intention of making that kind of community. So Um, If that is you and you are a listener who thinks, hey, I think I do need to start putting myself out there again and finding other like-minded moms, uh, there will be opportunities for you to do that through Boston Moms because that is one of the pillars of our mission. So that is coming up. But it also made me think, I wonder, um, what would you guys think about a mom calling card? Like, would you, (laughs) is it super lame to consider having like a business card that you give and it has like your kids. So like it has your kids' names on it or something. Cause how many times do you meet a mom and you're like, you know, her name is like Shannon and she has two kids, but like, I God, I can't remember her kids' names. And you know, we saw her that one time at the park. Would you, okay. Two questions here. Shannon, I'll ask you first. Would you feel comfortable giving out a card? And would you think it was weird if a mom gave you one? Like in today's digital age? Oh, interesting. I wouldn't have a problem no, I don't think I have a problem with either. I I think so. We all function with mom brain. And mm-hmm. that's part of my problem is, yeah, like I will meet someone and connect with them. And then 30,000 other things are in my brain while I'm chasing my kids around. Yeah. And then you get mm-hmm. in the car and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> so to have something tangible, not, not only would that help me like remember their names and everything, but if I bring it home and set it on my countertop, mm-hmm. I'm going to look at that and then remember, oh, I should reach out to them. It's not going to escape my brain. Um, so I think having something tangible like that would be very helpful. And then, no, I mean, I think if someone were to give me something like that, I would be very open to it. Like it, it shows pursuit and I like being pursued. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Leah? I, I agree. When you first said that, I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> but then I was like reflecting on how many times I've been like, like nursing a baby mm-hmm. or like struggling with some type of equipment. 
And I'm like, let me get your contact information. And then the kid smacks me in the face. Yep. Yep. Like, and it's like, and I know I, I put like Blake's mom in my phone. <laughs> and then I can't find it. Yeah. So like, that's, it sounds super cheesy, but if somebody gave me that, I would totally, what if I had a QR code? I know. <laughs> like, like I would totally just like be like, yeah, add that to my phone. Because I often like will Facebook friend somebody or mm-hmm. like get their contact information like and text them. Hey, we should meet up again at the playground if you're around on Tuesdays a lot. Our kids played great together and start a relationship. But but yes, it is an awkward exchange. And that might be awkward at first to give somebody a card. But if it just literally had your information on it and was like, this is just easier. I don't know. That's not, I, I love that idea. I think we're going to do it. <laughs> I think Boston Moms is going to do a. Uh, like a printable or something for this because I feel like it that would give so in my my thought here is that like we all want to to build that village we all want to make those friendships but like there are still lots of things that we come up against that make that harder Mm -hmm. and so if you're able to like have something in a diaper bag or in your wallet or whatever that you just like in business if you're like if you stumble upon a networking opportunity I mean how many times do people give out their business cards that's still a thing yeah Um, I think we need to do it I'm all about. Solutions. Yeah, I'm not going to put my calling card like on the coffee board. <laughs> like, <laughs> how awkward that could be. Yeah, be my friend. <laughs> yeah, so I can have my picture on it. I want my picture on it. Just instead of say like, yeah, like your social media info. And-, and like, I feel like kids names, too, would be helpful because you're oh, yeah. giving because you're like choosing who to give it to. So like. Yeah. I'm only going to give it to a mom who I actually would like to like see again at the park yeah. or whatever. So I'm okay with her knowing my kids' names. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And honestly, that's almost a conversation starter sometimes. Cause like a lot of times, especially my boys, they're not almost nine and six. And like a lot of times they'll make friends before I do. Mm-hmm. And so it actually might be kind of nice to be able to give them a card and say like, you can give this to your little friend oh, and he can give it to his mom. Um, I mean, that just happened with my daughter. She made a friend on the school bus in like September. She's Mm -hmm. obsessed with this friend. And I was like, finally, I was like, fine. I wrote a note and put like Mona's mom on an envelope (laughs) and was like, give this to your friend and have her give it to her mom. And then her mom did text me. So we're setting up a play date after school. But yeah, like if I had a little card, I would have put it in there and been like, contact me. That's such a good point. Like I, with no hesitation, would absolutely use it for my daughter's school friends, because my daughter yeah. has the bus as well. And so she'll say like, oh, can I hang out with so-and-so? And mm-hmm. like, I don't have her mom's number. Like, I have no idea. So that would be fantastic. Also, yeah. I feel like sometimes, especially the little kids, don't actually know their friends' names. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, the one with the yes. Pokemon backpack. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, we're going to do that. We did that something similar at the end of last year, I think, um, for like um, end of school kind of calling cards. But I think we'll we'll like flip the switch a little bit and do it both for moms and kids because we want to make this easier for you all to find your village. So we'll certainly link to that in um, on the post on bostonmoms.com. But I think that's, I mean, I feel like the three of us will at least use it. So. <laughs> I like it. Getting ready for the awkward yeah. <laughs> situation where I can that to somebody. It's better awesome. than tripping over my words. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know there are so many moms who can relate to this conversation, and I'm really glad it was something that we could talk about together. And I'm so glad that Leah got to be here with us. Um, This was a lot of fun. The last question is one that we plan on asking all of our guests on the Wicked Good Momcast. So, Leah, you are hopefully the first of many to answer this question. Are you ready? 
I guess so. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's easy. What are you loving about raising a family in greater Boston? Oh, that's easy. We live near the ocean. I literally don't know how people live. And <laughs> Shannon, I'm sorry. I don't know where you're actually from. Girl, I don't. I can't live away from the ocean ever again. It's so weird. When I lived in North Carolina, which is a coastal state, okay, and I lived in Charlotte, so that's like th- two and a half or three hours from the coast, and I went to a restaurant, and they gave us fish, and I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> and they were like, from the ocean. I was like, not today. <laughs> like, like, so for me, I love, like, just the different seasons mm-hmm. in New England, and having lived somewhere else in the country, we are more diverse up here. Mm-hmm maybe a little more open-minded from what I found. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is also where my family is. But Boston just holds that special place in, in my heart and my husband's heart um, for not just being the place that we grow up, but the place that we really enjoy. You know, even even in the winter when it's really snowy, like, I think, like, we just got to enjoy this for what it is, yeah. you know? And, like, that... I'm sorry, Megan, the snow ice cream. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't experience this until 2022. Like genius, you know, and and I just I love the diversity of the seasons. I love being near the ocean. I love people here. They're just honest. Like that's one thing about a mom village. People aren't going to be friends with you and fake it. Like they're going to be friends with you because they want to be friends with you because they want to contact you or have your information, you know? So that's what I love about um, New England and Massachusetts specifically. All of the above. That about wraps it up for episode one of the Wicked Good Momcast. We'll be back next month with another brand new show. In the meantime, please subscribe or follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a positive review so that we can reach even more moms who might benefit from this space. Thank you again to Leah for being our guest today. Remember, you are a wicked good mom. Thanks for listening.